0: Hey there, my name is Mei Ling. I'm a certified life coach, trauma-trained practitioner, and trader. And welcome to my podcast, Finding Freedom in the Hologram. Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode 7. And I'm recording it on Boxing Day. So if you don't know what Boxing Day is, Boxing Day is the 26th of December. And it falls right after Christmas. And I do believe it is more of a Commonwealth thing. <laughs> like countries in a Commonwealth that tend to observe it as a public holiday too. So we get Christmas Day and Boxing Day as public holidays. And then for people who didn't take any annual leave or who are working for themselves, perhaps, you know, who have rather unconventional, non-typical jobs, they would probably work 27th to the 29th, perhaps. But for me, I've just taken this whole swath of time off. (laughs) And actually today, we were meant to go camping. However, it has been pouring rain. So instead, we decided to hold off till tomorrow and then I was like, ah, let me use this time to record my podcast. (laughs) Because when I'm out camping, I do not want internet. Like, I do not want any way of the outside world to be connected to email and phone calls and things like that and social media. I just want to be surrounded and grounded in nature. That's what I look forward to and frankly, that's what my soul looks forward to. So, I'm recording this while I can. And this week, we are talking about Lindsay Vaughn. Who is Lindsay Vaughan, you might ask? <laughs> well, based on the title of this podcast episode, you kind of know that she's a skier, right? But let me give you more information about who Lindsay Vaughn actually is. And in terms of the sport of skiing, if you think about all her feats and accomplishments... Lindsay Vaughan is truly remarkable. She is one of the greatest athletes in the history of alpine skiing. She holds the record for the most World Cup downhill victories by any skier, male or female. And she's the only female skier to have won races in all fine alpine skiing disciplines. Now, if you're not really into skiing, the five skiing disciplines are downhill, slalom. Giant Slalom, Super G, and Combined. I'm pretty sure most of you would have at least surfed the channels when the Winter Olympics were on. (laughs) So skiing downhill has a lot of different events, although for some of you, if you're not into skiing, you might think it's just the same thing. (laughs) Lindsey Vonn has competed in four Olympic Games, which is very significant. Because each Olympic Games comes every four years. And when you think about it, four Olympic Games means, wow, you have four years and then the actual Olympic Game, another four years and then another Olympic Game. So you have to be at the top of your game, or at least within the top percentile, for at least 16 years to qualify for four Olympics. Just let that sink in for a moment. That is a very long time. Because most Olympic athletes, they get to compete in maybe two, three max, but four is truly remarkable. She won a gold medal in a downhill event at the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver, becoming the first American woman to win gold in this particular event. With the Olympic Games, most people see the glitzy side of it. The glitzy patriotic side where people have their national uniforms, they are waving their national flag, all the people of the world coming together kind of event, right? And all the TV cameras from every country, most countries in the world, you have all eyes on you. So there's a very glitzy side. But you don't get to see the not-so-glitzy side on the perspective from the athletes and their training and their coaches and their losses and their tears. You don't really tend to see that very often. Uh, What goes behind the scenes, right? What, What mental battles every athlete has to go through to compete at the level of the Olympics. So I want to read an excerpt of a magazine article in which Lindsay Vaughan was interviewed so you can actually understand what I'm getting at. Now, Lindsay Vaughn said, You dream of being an Olympian. You make it to your first Olympics and you think this is the greatest thing ever. And you know, it was actually very anticlimactic. I felt like I still hadn't proven myself to the team. And I was sent right back to lower-level races as soon as the Olympics were over, which I was very disappointed about. I just didn't feel like I had the support within the team at the time. And that really drove me and motivated me to fight back and to kind of make my place and make my way on the team. And at that point, the interviewer said, So let me get this straight. You're doing well in the Olympics, but then you get sent down to lower-level races. Now, a coach, Lindsay, might say, well, you know, she needed that. She needed that motivation. She needed that to be done to her to keep her hunger going. And Lindsay replied, well, I mean, I had the best women's result of the entire Olympics. So, I mean, to be demoted from that point was, you know, it's kind of crazy. But I will say that a lot of other athletes have had similar experiences, but that type of demotion ended their careers. You know, they never made it back. And whether that was because they never had the success or they were mentally beaten down, I think that I've seen that happen many, many times. So I was lucky in a sense that, you know, I'm one of those people that are very, very driven by people saying that I can't do something. But not everyone is wired that way. And the interviewer continued to say, well, that's the thing then. Because I think a lot of people just see athletes as these machines. These machines that overcome all kinds of stresses and pressures and don't think maybe about all of the things that you have to deal with, like every other human being, right? I mean, you are a human being just like everybody else. And Lindsay said, yeah, definitely. And again, I think for me, I'm lucky that I'm wired that way in a sense that negativity fuels me. But most people, you know, it really has quite the opposite effect. I know so many people that have so much talent, but they were never pushed in the right way or supported in the right way and their careers crumbled. And they never made the success that they could have achieved because they just weren't understood or weren't supported. So that is just a glimpse of Lindsay Vaughan experiencing the side of the athlete side of what these athletes at this level experience, right? She sees that so many athletes have so much talent, but they're not getting the right support. They're not being mentally supported. They're not being coached. They're not reaching out. And the way they've They view negativity crumbles their career, crumbles their dreams. So Lindsay is saying that she's really lucky because when it comes to other people criticizing her or judging her negatively, she actually uses that as fuel. And this is a woman who has won a record 82 World Cup races, making her the all-time leader in women's World Cup victories. And she has also won the prestigious overall World Cup title four times in her career. So this is somebody definitely worth learning from when it comes to the mental game. At a super high level, you're competing against world athletes worldwide in all of the competitions. World Cup, Olympics, and she's been doing so for over 16 years, probably more than 20 years, right? I didn't go back that far in terms of a competing career but in terms of being known on the worldwide stage on the global stage she has definitely been around for a long time and the mental mindset to be able to do so and perform is remarkable and we have so much to learn from Lindsay so if you do a search online Lindsay Vaughn l-i-n-d-s-e-y-v-o-n-n the images that you will see are something like, "Oh, this very attractive blonde woman, and she's light eyes, and she's white, and and she's got the family connections. You know, her grandfather was apparently a well known downhill skier himself." And you think, like, "Oh, everything was handed to her by virtue of how she was born, where she who which family she was born into, her upbringing, and stuff like that." But in this particular podcast episode, I actually, one audiences and listeners. To be able to actually see that there's there's an uglier, dark side to sports, to competition. And for a woman that looks like Lindsay, for a competitor that actually is very good at what she does, but how does her image impact her performance in sport? How does her image, not for her, right? Because for her, it's her mental mindset game and her training that influences how she performs in the sport, but also there's an aspect where it's other people view her. Like, sometimes you would feel that if she was more of a nobody in terms of looks, there will be less criticism. There will be less things being said about her and more things being said about her talent. She'll be appreciated more for what she wants to be appreciated more on the world stage rather than people judging her based on appearances. So, Lindsay Vaughn, as you can imagine, encountered quite a few sexist criticisms throughout her career because she is a female athlete in a traditional male-dominated sport. So, she faced a lot of challenges and scrutiny often rooted in gender bias. Here are a few examples in which she encountered this in her career. Objectification and focus on on appearance is number one. Right, so her athletic abilities were sometimes overshadowed by the focus on her appearance. So media coverage and public discussions were often emphasized by her physical appearance rather than her achievements as a skier. So, this objectification undermined her accomplishments and reinforced harmful stereotypes about female athletes. And I can imagine for Lindsay, that it must have been so frustrating. <laughs> right? Imagine thinking that you are going to be interviewed and somebody's going to congratulate you on your performance and how you did well, and instead somebody goes and and makes a comment on your appearance instead, right? And you're thinking, hmm, you know, is that really the thing to be complimented on? Doesn't what I achieve, doesn't that matter more rather than what I look like? I can imagine that can be quite frustrating. Second of all, double standards and stereotypes. So Lindsay faced double standards compared to her male counterparts. For example, her competitive drive and outspokenness were sometimes framed as aggressive or unfeminine, whereas similar traits in male athletes were celebrated. So there are stereotypes about women's physical capabilities, which were also perpetuated, with some critics suggesting that women were not as capable or skilled in skiing as men, (laughs) which I can also imagine would be super frustrating for Lindsay throughout her career. And because she looks the way she does people can't help but be interested in her personal life. (laughs) Because once you're in publicity, you are a celebrity in a way, right? Whether you are a sports celebrity or not, a lot of people, they are prying eyes into her personal life. So they were more focused on her personal life sometimes rather than her professional achievements. (laughs) So it kind of reinforced the notion that female athletes, their worth, is actually tied to their relationships or personal lives rather than their athletic abilities. Because if you think about it, nobody goes, oh, Tom Brady, he's excellent. He he was Gisele Bunchen's husband, <laughs> the supermodel. Like, People don't phrase things that way for men. They just go, wow, Tom Brady, his his um training, his age, can he still make it? You know? Um he didn't make the first draft when he when he was first into football. But now look at him now. Those are the kind of comments that Tom Brady had. They weren't like, oh, he was Giselle Bundchen's husband. Those were not the comments that you heard about. <laughs> and before friend Lindsay There was body shaming. Because Lindsay, as you can expect, of an Olympic-level athlete, is muscular and strong. And in order to excel in skiing, think about your quads, man, as you're going downhill, right? You need to have certain muscles working for you. And yes, if you are a professional athlete, competing with the best of the best, Of course, you're going to be muscular. Of course, you're going to go to training, right? Of course, you'll be exercising that muscle. So she will not be conforming to traditional beauty standards of being super skinny, of having some muscle tone, but not too much muscle tone. Whatever those standards are, her standards are, hey, this is what a World Cup level and Olympic level athlete looks like with all the training for this particular spot of downhill skiing. (laughs) These are the typical muscles that are emphasized, right? So it perpetuated harmful body image expectations for female athletes when body shaming was involved. Now, despite these challenges, Lindsey Vonn consistently stood up against sexism and discrimination. So good on her. She used her celebrity as a platform to advocate for gender equality in sports and to inspire young female athletes to pursue their dreams. Yay Vaughn! Lindsay Vaughn was also very resilient and she was so determined in the face of sexist criticisms. So now she's been a role model. So being so outspoken against sexist criticisms, right? Being an advocate for female athletes who are top of their sport, who should feel proud and not ashamed of how they look and how much they have accomplished, right? So as a result, Lindsay is a role model for many aspiring athletes, showing that talent, hard work, and yes, for me, I think being able to use negativity and criticisms as fuel. Not as something go that you think, oh no, I can't believe they don't like me, I can't believe they said this hurtful thing, and then you take it personally. Because that's how careers crumble. Just as Lindsay said earlier about the other athletes that she has encountered in her career in that interview. So I do not want to expand upon this because I think this is where we garner the most lessons and that is how do we cope with criticism? So most of us, we have criticism from two main sides. Externally, so family, friends, strangers maybe, acquaintances, colleagues, bosses, that kind of thing. And internally, which is us criticizing ourselves, right? Self-criticism, self-sabotage, talking to ourselves very harshly. And that is the main battle because usually we are our own bottleneck. So I want to expand upon how Lindsay approaches coping with criticisms and then hopefully you'll find that useful in your own lives. So Lindsay really demonstrated resilience and determination and these are some of the ways that she navigated the challenges. Number one she kept her eye on the prize. Whatever that prize is for her, right? She was focused on her goals. So being able to stay focused on her goals and aspirations and not allowing criticism to distract or undermine her self-belief. Instead, she channeled her energy into her training, continuously striving to improve her skills and achieve her personal best. So that's number one. Number two. She embraced supportive networks. So Lindsay surrounded herself with a supportive network of family, friends, coaches, and teammates who believed in her abilities and provided encouragement. Having a strong support system helped her stay grounded, motivated, and reminded her that she was more than the negative comments and stereotypes around her. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Having a supportive network... Most of us are in networks or in social media groups or chat groups or chat forums where it's about comparing. When you're comparing yourself to others and thinking that you're far behind, that you're nowhere near others who you think are successful, and then you fall into despair. As my uh, mentor, Brooke Castillo, used to say, compare and despair, (laughs) right? We want to compare instead to our past selves. What was our previous personal best? right? We want to beat our own personal record from the past, not comparing to other people. Instead, the only time we should look at other people is, wow, if they can do it, so can I. That is the only thing that you should be taking away from people more successful than you. It's like, it is possible. I'm now stepping into the world of possibility for myself. That is all. Number three, using criticism as fuel. So instead of letting the criticism bring her down, Vaughn used it to fuel and prove her doubters wrong, which I must admit is very satisfying. (laughs) When you first decide to do something, should you tell anybody about it? And they don't believe you. And they tell you that you're silly, that you're dumb. They're asking you, they're making you question yourself. And you know that deep down inside, you've made the right choice. But sometimes when you open up and you listen to all this external feedback and they tend to be negative, negative criticism, you start to doubt yourself. I'm sure many of us can relate to that and it's not a good feeling. In fact, most of the time it's a horrible feeling because when you made the decision at that point of time, you felt so good. But to be able to say it out loud and realize the closest and dearest to you, don't think that it's a good idea and they start to cajole you and try to talk you out of it, it just feels horrible. It feels so horrible. So if you can use criticism as fuel, instead, you'd be like, you know what? Game on. If you criticize me, I'm all the more fired up to prove you wrong. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. Number four, advocating for gender equality. So when she encountered sexist criticism herself, especially when she's worn titles and she's faster than any skier, male or female in a particular event, then obviously there's going to be criticisms coming in. And instead of feeling dejected or feeling demotivated or feeling like she's being reprimanded, right? Like a little kid in school being scolded by the principal and then shrinking and contracting and deciding to hide, Lindsay instead became even more outspoken. She spoke out. She was like, yep, I'm not playing small. In fact, this is the very time when I am needed the most, where I'm feeling all of these barbs of sarcasm and criticism coming right at me, attacking me. This is when I need to stand up and say, hey, listen up. Lindsay Vaughan, precisely, she used her platform and influence to advocate for gender equality in sports. So she openly spoke out against sexism and double standards. And she highlighted the importance of equal recognition and opportunities for female athletes. So she took that publicity and her role. Hey, if all attention is going to be on me, if you're going to be emphasizing my looks and blonde hair and good looks or whatever, or how I grew up, then I might as well use this to my advantage and use this, my celebrity and the public platforms that I have available to me to speak out against this issue. So she flipped it, she turned it so that she used the publicity in her favor. Number five, Lindsay focused on her inner strength. So as you can imagine, there's a saying, right? If you are encountering friction all the time, like physically, example for skin, like if your foot or your finger is constantly rubbing against this thing and it's really hard, you know, like if you want an inappropriate shoe size, for example, you develop a hard bump, right? Your skin thickens in that area. So you get to grow a thick skin. And this is what Vaughn did. She developed a strong sense of self-worth and inner strength because she had to. She recognized that her own value as an athlete and as a person was not determined by the opinions of others. She gave herself internal validation and she didn't seek external validation. I'm going to say that again. She developed internal validation. She gave that to herself And she didn't need to seek external validation. So, by cultivating this self confidence and resilience, she was able to rise above the criticism and stay true to herself. Number six, she celebrated her achievements. This is so important. <laughs> the last reel that I did on Instagram, you know, I was celebrating my client. She had this profound realization, epiphany almost. She was like, you know what, Mailing? for the longest time, I wanted to work in my own business. And she does something very creative, arts. And she was like, and I used to think that I was so pressured, feeling so pressured, that I had to go out and get customers, right, to, in order to provide my service in order to have this business where I want to work for myself. But since I've discovered the skill of trading and now I'm being able to trade for income, I'm so grateful trading has given me the freedom because I can get money in this way and not necessarily in a way of providing a service. And hey, if I get money and income from trading, that is also working for myself. And she said, I'm so internally grateful. So this is one of, my clients, one of my clients in my group coaching program. And when she said this, you know, at the end of, my, of the reel, I'm like, yay, butterfly claps all around. <laughs> I mean, it was really cheesy in a way, but I just felt so happy when she said that. You know, I felt like internally, my heart started glowing in my chest. And this grin just broke out on my face. You know, so many of us, that is kind of a dream. Some of us might even think that the dream is unattainable, that we get frustrated. And for my client, it wasn't an overnight success. She worked at the thing. But she was persistent. She was consistent in her efforts. And in her mind, she was like, there's no such thing as giving up. There's no such thing as failing at this. Because I'm going to pursue this. This is important to me. So she put in the persistence and the consistency and the hard work and it's paid off. So celebrating achievements is so important and it feels so damn good. So celebrate the achievements. And I would say celebrate your small wins along the way because you are reinforcing in your brain that this pursuit, this dream that you're pursuing is worthwhile. So this podcast episode is slightly different because we are talking about the not-so-pretty, the not-so-glitzy side of competing at a high level, of performing at a high level. But I think it's more important to focus on the inner game as evidenced by Lindsay, as evidenced by what she's seen in other world-class athletes, your inner game and getting the support that you need, making sure that you are emotionally supported, being able to get the feedback, being able to get the support and being able to get the guidance, that is so important. So she did that and also internally giving herself validation rather than seeking from others And then the last thing that I think is the most important thing really is being able to use negativity as fuel. So my friends, I hope you found this episode useful and I'll see you next week. Bye.